0: Okay, good morning, everyone. Good to see you all. Just come and grab your seats. If you've got a Bible, could you turn to Psalm 128? We'll be going back to the Psalms of Ascent in just a moment. Just, um, just to give you a heads up of what's happening over the next few weeks, just so you are aware. We've been trolling through the Psalms of Ascent. We're going to continue with that, but we're taking a break for a short period because next week is Mother's Day. Mother's Day. So we're doing something particularly for the ladies. Melanie will be speaking, so we we'll are be doing that after that. So that's next week, which I think is the 31st of May. After that, we've got three weeks, which is going to be our Easter series that runs us down to Easter Sunday. We've entitled it Instagram Easter. We're going to be using some visuals um, as part of the the, um, the talk, and we're also breaking the talks in half, so you're going to have more people speaking to you, it's going to be shorter, more bite-sized, so come for that, ready for that, it'll be interesting, and then it'll end on Easter Sunday, where we'll be baptizing, I think it's five is the current count, five people will be baptizing outside in the quad, that was a good whoop, but I think only one of you did that, but we're baptizing five people, That's better. <laughs> So we'll do that for Easter. After Easter, first Sunday after Easter is the 28th of April. Please come for that one. I'll be reminding us of what God has called us to, our vision, where we're going. Also, I'm making some announcements in terms of the eldership journey, what that means, where we're going, some big stuff there. And then after that, we've got a couple more weeks where I'm going to be preaching what it means for us as a church to have elders and looking at that. So that's the next few weeks, just so you're aware. Back to this morning. We're doing um, the Psalms of Ascent, and we've got our series entitled Life's Playlist, And we've been looking at um, playlists for our life, the things we listen to and what we do. And we've been using it as an opportunity to introduce introduce some of our leaders and people in the church and share their playlists for life. And this morning we have Aaron. So can you give Aaron a clap? He's going to come and share his playlist with us.
1: Hi, I'm Aaron. And for those who don't know me, uh, I'm married to Gigi. She's in the the, uh, kids' work somewhere there. Uh, we have two children. Elizabeth is in year seven, and Josh is in year six. Uh, we come from a place in India called Kerala, if you've been there. Um, so I work as an enterprise security architect at a clinical research organization. What that means is uh, we work with pharmaceuticals on drug trials, medicinal drugs. We, we, I build up uh, high-level security specifications for systems that are used before the drugs go to market. In case that means nothing to you, don't worry. My kids didn't get it either. They assumed I'm a drug dealer. You can do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at church, I have the privilege of leading a, really, uh, a bunch of really dedicated and gifted people. Um, we look after the technical team, the, the sound, the projection, all that stuff. And we get to play with some really cool toys as well, um, needless to say. So in terms of playlists, what, what do we listen to? As a family, we've got, uh, everything is digital. We've got a USB uh, stick, and uh, it kind of reflects our growing journey over the years. Um, thankfully, we don't have Mr. Tumble or Night Garden, but we missed it by that much. We've got lots of Disney, lots of uh, Christian songs, English, and Malayalam. Malayalam is our mother tongue. It's not Bollywood, okay, just so you know. <laughs> um, and, and, and of course, we've got movie soundtracks. Uh, so I have a bit of a subset that I keep with me, and um, that's that's kind of how it works. I, I, I have a preferred list from there. Now, yesterday I've had a bit of a revelation, a personal revelation, and I'm going to confess it out here. Um, and I realized that given a choice, I would rather listen to BBC Radio 4 or news or documentaries and so on. I know, it's terrible, but... <laughs> The, s- the leadership team will pray for me later in the show, but it's okay. Uh, so, the songs that I, I mean, if, if I were listening to music, which I do, um, people I listen to are Hill Songs, Bethel, Rent Collective, Newsboys, Lauren Daigle, Stephen Curtis Chapman, people like that. Um, sh- uh, soundtracks are Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, the dwarf song in particular, The Greatest Showman, things like that. Um, so, there you go. That's my go to playlist. Thank you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, thank you, Aaron. We will be praying for you later. All right, let's get back to what we're looking at today. I hope you found Psalm 128. We're looking at the Psalms of Ascent. A quick reminder the Psalms of Ascent are a small collection of Psalms within the big book of Psalms, 150 Psalms in total in our Bible, songs, poetry of the people of God. Within that, there is a smaller section called the Psalms of Ascent starting at number 120, running to 134, that we've been working through. And these were songs, poems used by the people of God as they traveled from their homes to Jerusalem for one of the three major festivals that they were commanded to attend in Jerusalem um, in the law. And there was a Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Passover, the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost, and the Feast of Booth or Tabernacles. And God's people were told to come to Jerusalem to celebrate all that God had done Uh, in their lives and to remember. And on the way to Jerusalem, they would be ascending because Jerusalem was set on a hill and the temple itself where the presence of God was on a hill within Jerusalem. So the whole process would be an ascension. They would be going up, hence... The Psalms getting their name, the Psalms of Ascent. And these Psalms that we've looked at cover all areas of life. They cover the highs, they cover the lows, they cover God's power to say, but also questioning when things are, ty- are tough and there's stress. And they also talk about coming to God's holy city and his presence. They really are a playlist for our life. We've been going through them, and if uh, the Psalms, there's 15 of them. And they basically track a journey from home um, to Jerusalem, God's heavenly city. Um, But they can also be broken down again into smaller sets of three. So if we put that up, we've been working through them. So the sets of three begin with a situation of stress, then the Lord's power of deliver, and then something about bringing the pilgrim home. And we're on our third set now, because we get to Psalm 128. We're on the the end of the third set, and it's about coming home and God's grace and God's blessing on our lives. Now... What we've done is every psalm, we've connected a song to it, so hopefully you remember. And this week's song is a 90s club classic in honor of Dean back there. Dean, our resident clubber, this is the one for day. So can we play it, please? Okay. <laughs> that was the key, the secret by Dean. Gone gone so the urban cookie collective which I'm sure you all knew. And <laughs> what year we got there? 19... 19- 1993, apparently, according to Wikipedia, anyway. 1993, the Urban Cookie Collective, The Key, The Secret. So what we're going to be looking at today is The Key and The Secret. Now, what we're going to be looking at is The Key and The Secret to a a happy and successful life. A happy and successful life. And this is something that the world would pursue. I read this morning, uh, sorry, this week in the the paper that um, the sale of self-help books... Those books about how to live your life and how to make things work have gone up by 20% in the last year. They linked it to Brexit and the uncertainty of that. I don't know if that's true, but they have. They've gone up by 20%. I went on Amazon and typed in sort of self-help books. I think it was about over 100,000 returns came on the search. Of like, whoa, and they, they come in all sort of areas. People can look for happiness and success in losing weight, But if you lose weight and you you, you get your kind of back in in shape with your body, that's how you can get success. That's how you get happiness, these books tell you. If you do that, you go on this program, this diet, whatever it is, eat this way, happiness, success in your life will come to you. Sometimes people um, think travel is the answer. If I travel and I go places, I'll find fulfillment, I'll find happiness, success, 50 places to go before you die. Go to them and then you can enjoy that. If you go where the sun's shining and the sea is blue, everything will be fine with your life. What about in relationships with marriage or, or with children? If you follow this program, you do that, if you, you find the right partner, your life's going to be happy, you're going to be successful. If you raise your children the right way using this method and that method, you're going to bring success to your life. Everything's going to work out, you're going to be fulfilled. What about, I, found, I saw a book on decluttering. If you declutter your home, if you get rid of all those things you don't need, if you declutter your life, cut off bad relationships or things that are pulling you down, if you do that, everything's going to be happy and good in your life. If you live simply, if you don't care about what others think, there's a book title out now that's a bit rude that's suddenly hugely popular. You're all going to look it up. What's the rude book title? Yeah, everyone now knows about that. I'm not repeating it from the front of church. You can think about it and then repent later. Um, about not caring what other think. If you do that, if you let go of the past, your life will be happy. You will be successful. Everything will work. If you have a plan for the future, you've got your plan, you know how to get things done, you've got your goals, you've got your projects, you've got your purpose. If I do this and do this, get this promotion and work on this, then my life will be happy and successful. If I get the right job, if I have enough money... If I follow these plans and invest wisely, and then I've got money at the end of my kind of working career to do stuff, then everything is going to be okay. Now, none of those are bad in and of themselves. Most of them reflect the gifts that God gives us, but none of them in themselves will bring us success, happiness, fulfillment the way God would have it in our lives. The Bible has a very different answer about what a happy, successful, fulfilled life looks like. And we're going to read Psalm 128 and find out a little bit about that. So can we put the psalm up, please? Okay, it says here, you want to follow along? Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. I just gone out. I'm back. I'll stand very still. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion; may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life; may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Okay. Let's have a little look at this psalm, the structure. This psalm is similar to the one we looked at last time psalm 127, it's a wisdom psalm. So it fits in the the kind of the the genre of Hebrew literature that were wisdom about how life works and how you should live it uses the word blessed and fear which will come to which pretty much put it in that tradition the psalm can be broken up into a few parts the first one is the first verse is a general saying about wisdom about how you be a blessed person verses 2 and 3 highlight three blessings that come from that verse 4 then is a summary of this blessed life and the final two verses are a kind of final prayer of blessing for the people of God. And this is a kind of psalm that commentators say would would be spoken over the congregation of the people of Israel. Maybe when they've gathered for the festivals in the temple courts, there would have been many, many hundreds, many thousands of people there, and the priest might have proclaimed this over them as they've come together for Jerusalem uh, for the feast. A particular focus of the psalm, interestingly, is men the men that represent the head of households. Men, interestingly, were the ones particularly told by God to come to Jerusalem to attend the feast. Now, that doesn't exclude everyone else. Everyone should be involved in this, but particularly it was for the heads of household, those men. So let's have a little quick look at this psalm. Verse 1, the key, the secret. See what I did there? Just you see? Okay. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his way. You find the words blessed and feared in verse 1. If you look down, you see them in verse 4 as well. They bracket this first part of the psalm. To be blessed is a biblical word to be truly happy, to be content, to be fulfilled, to be at peace with God and peace with your fellow men. It's what everyone ultimately wants in life. Even if they profess no desire or, or love for God or any acknowledgement of Him, ultimately they want a purposeful, fulfilled, successful, happy life. And here's a claim here the psalm is putting out. If you want that, it's the first word of the psalm. If you want that blessing, and it's for everyone, it says, blessed is everyone. It is a universal claim. It's not for the elite. It's not for the special people. It goes out to the whole world. If you want to be blessed, you need to fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Now, fear here is a term which means reverent awe. It doesn't mean terror Running away, like you see in kind of horror films. No, it means a reverent or a honoring of who God is. It's recognizing him as creator over everything. He's the one who has all authority, all all sovereign power. And it's putting him in his rightful place as the Lord of the universe and the Lord of everyone's life and every situation. And it says, and the result of that, it says, if you fear the Lord, what will you do? It says, you will walk in his ways. You will walk in his ways. So having a blessed and happy life isn't about self-fulfillment. It's more about God-fulfillment. You walk in his ways. You do what he says. That's how you get life in its fullness. And right at the outset of this psalm, it makes this incredible claim. And it's inspiring people to follow God if you want a life that works, follow God. He's the creator of everything. (laughs) He made it. He designed it. He's the best person to tell you how to live that life. It's to encourage people who follow God that actually there will be fruit from your decision. You follow God, there will be fruit. It will bear fruit in your life, and that fruit will be good. And it would be a reminder for the pilgrims coming to Jerusalem what life is really about. They've traveled this way, they've been through the ups and downs of the journey that we've seen in the Psalms so far. They've arrived in Jerusalem, they're celebrating the feast, and the priests will be proclaiming you've made a good decision. Those who walk in those way, those who've been obedient because they've bothered to come to the city in the first place in accordance with the law, there is blessing for those people. Now before we go on to look at the next section, I just want to give a quick reminder ...about the wisdom literature, particularly the Proverbs and how it connects uh, with us... ...because we looked at it last week and I just want to get us on the same page as it. Now, what this, the, the wisdom literature does, we see it in the Proverbs particularly... ...but also here in the Psalms, is they express general truths about God and his people and how life works. Uh, they don't often explain the how and the why... They're not a reasoned argument. is The reason this happens because of this, because of this, that you might find in the epistles in the New Testament where Paul is outlining particular arguments. It's more just general expressions of this is the way um, life happens. They're universal, which means they're basically open to everyone in all times and all situations. They're just as applicable now as they were several thousand years ago when they would have been proclaimed in Jerusalem before the people of God there. They cover all areas of life. And usually some of the most mundane stuff in the, the, uh, the wisdom literature in terms of just work and life and children and marriage and sex and money, all those kind of things, they are truisms. They aren't promises per se, they're more generalization. They express what normal life looks like most of the time, generally. So you can't apply it specifically to one person in one situation, yeah, what about this you have to take it as a general, this is what life is like most of the time, following God. They also serve as a little bit of a warning to us. When we studied the book of Proverbs a couple of years back, we looked at them, and we looked that many of them came from a man named Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived outside Jesus. And he wrote all these great things down, and they've been preserved for eternity for us to read. But Solomon, although he was so wise, and God did so much through him, he ended his life in total disaster. He just went away from God. His heart went away from God. He married hundreds of wives and had many, many other concubines. It just went bad for him. So they serve as a warning to us that actually there is a way you can go, but there's also a way you can go, which is a complete failure for our lives. So let's move on. Let's look at these two things that's mentioned in the psalm. The first one, knowing the key results in personal blessing, verses 2 to 4. It shifts from everyone to a second person. He's talking to you. It gets personal. Now, you, it says. If you are walking in the ways of God, this is what's going to happen. And it's three areas. The first one is work. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. Now, whatever your work is, paid employment, you're at school, college, university, you are um, in a training thing, you're volunteering, you're looking after children, raising kids, whatever that area is. This is what it's covering. And it's saying, actually, those who follow the way of God will, re- will, work, will reap the fruit of that. They will earn um, the fruit of their labor. An honest day's work is a good thing. And at the end of an honest day's work, you reap the results of that pay and the food that it can provide and the, the, the shelter and all those other things that come from it. And most of the time it would have been manual work. Most people have done so. It's Hence the work of your hands, very much a manual image there for us. And a good day's work results in satisfaction. That in itself is a blessing from God. Ever got home from a hard day's work and just think, do you know what? I put in a good day today. And you just sit down and you rest and you enjoy what you've achieved, your labor. And those who fear the Lord will live in the light of that. The second thing it says there... It's a, a family image. It's talking about the wife, one who is fruitful in the bearing of children. And this is obviously natural children, but obviously at that time there was a much wider implication family groups, were so a lot wider than we have now. So you have adopted children, and you've got nieces and nephews. You even have spiritual children as well that kind of are an inheritance of those who walk and follow in the ways of the Lord. One of them we looked at, I think it was last summer, that was actually wasn't even a natural child. It was Ruth and Naomi. And the blessing that came from that for those who followed the Lord. And she actually wasn't even related to her directly um, by blood. But there you could see God's hand on that. And he said, there will be fruitful. There will be a multiplication in your family of children. uh, Bearing children isn't something to be taken for granted. And the third blessing is children. They're described as olive shoots. Olive shoots grow up from the ground. They're fascinating. Apparently, olive trees, the way that they grew them, I looked this up in the commentary, and they said what they do is you didn't plant seeds like you would normally do. What you do is you cut a shoot off the tree that had grown, and you plant the shoot in the ground. So it's like an exact replica. So olive shoots are basically exact replicas of the tree that it came from. And the, the shoot is then planted in the ground, which then grows up and becomes a tree in its own right. And they saying, actually, children are like that. They replicate you, plant them, they grow up, and they bear much fruit. Children are a blessing from God and a continuation of who we are. If you're in this room when you're under 18, you are a blessing. Your parents, your parents amen that. and say that all the time. Yes, they are. But you are a great blessing to your family, to us as a wider church family. Children grow up. And at that time, they, they looked after parents um, as they got old. They formed part of the protection of the family unit from outsiders. And they were the continuation of the family. When the older generation died off, the younger generation would rise up and take over that. And then we read verse 4. We turn to that per, third-person language. Behold, thus shall man be blessed who fears the Lord. Those who walk in his way, they can hope to inherit what God has for them. And it's a great blessing on them in terms of life. Then we move on to verses 5 and 6. And then so we move from a personal blessing, very much work, um, relationships, family, children, very much in the home to a wider public blessing. It says, the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children's Peace be upon Israel. So there's very much a future Public dynamic to this one. It's talking about the city of Jerusalem, which has been the heart and the center of God's people, where God's presence were, um, the seat of government, and everything was going on. And it's looking to the future. May you always see that. And what it's kind of drawing the implication is if you've got a group of people who follow God, who fear Him, who walk in His way, there is a knock on blessing for the running of society wider. So if you've got a whole bunch of people living in a place, all serving God, walking in His ways, fearing Him, honouring Him, the result of the wider society is great blessing and prosperity. Because things are being done well and in good order. Business is being conducted well and they are flourishing. Family is done well and they are flourishing. The poor are being served and looked after. And society as a whole flourishes. And for these pilgrims coming to Jerusalem, the, the proclamation of them as a reminder is actually as you serve the Lord you actually it has a knock-on effect wider to those around you the prosperity of Jerusalem and the the blessing the priest would have spoken is actually it's hope this continues not just now for this moment there is something beyond hope you always see this and as a result of that and the society works you grow up you grow old and you may you see your children as children some of you in this room have that privilege You have seen your children's children. I pray for that for me. One day I will. Not soon. Out there, but I want to see it. God, I want that. I want to live that life. Well, one day I will see my grandchildren. And I pray for that, the blessing on this city that we're a part. I want to live a life here that my contribution to this place, this town, this city we're part of, will hopefully bring prosperity to it and good to it. And as my kids grow up in it, they will serve the city. And again, they will walk in his ways and it will all become brilliant, a place where God dwells by his spirit. God dwells by his spirit. And so where people fear fear the Lord, walk in his ways, there will be a blessing on their life, blessing on them and blessing on the society and the environment around us. And hopefully that would continue long Um, after they've gone so as we kind of finish and wrap this up we've got to ask ourselves a question here what does it mean to walk in his ways because that's what it comes back to that was the key that was the secret all the stuff that follows sounds great who wants to have a fruitful productive job who wants to have family that kind of works in the widest context of that who wants to have a blessing on the place where they live and the place where they are everyone does but actually, it comes back to the start. Well, wh- How do we get that? Well, it says that you fear the Lord and you walk in his way. And it's a reminder for us as we read this psalm, and it's quite a positive, upbeat psalm for us. It's like, yeah, we've had some pretty tough ones to read. It's a reminder that this life God made. He designed it, which means he knows the best way it should run. Any, anything you get that's remotely complicated, you know, you buy a new technical piece. of It comes with instructions. It tells you how it works. And the designer writes them down so you, as the user, knows the best way to implement this thing, to use it. It tells you do's and don'ts. Some of them are really dumb do's and don'ts, but it still puts them in there. You know, do not iron, um, iron this shirt while wearing it, it says in there. And you're like, serious? But, yeah, but it's still important. Yeah, you should still know that. And that's what it does. So it's a God-designed life. And if you want a blessed life, if you want a successful life, if you want a fulfilled life, you do it God's way. Jesus himself, when he said, he said, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. You have this, ma- this incredibly fulfilled life. Now, we know that life's not always good. There's lots of hardship in it. We've read the other Psalms. You've got to take it in context. But on the whole, most of the time, if you follow God and follow his ways, things work out good for you and for those around you and so we need to be people who look at this and think okay how are we going to walk in his way we've heard the key are we going to use it we're going to unlock what God has for us so what does this look like well first off if you're not a believer in this room you're not a follower of Jesus the first thing you need to do is to fear the Lord and you need to put your faith and trust in him you need to turn away from living your life And come to Jesus and repent of your sin and live his life. You need to recognize that he died on a cross in your place for all the things you've done to offend him and rebel against him. And he's come to give you life and life in its fullness. And if that's you here today, I'd love to chat with you at the end. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to talk to you about what that means to follow Jesus. But that's where it starts. That's where you've got to begin. If you are a believer here today, let me run through a few things you today. What does it mean to walk in His ways? Well, number one, if you're going to walk in His ways, you need to know what those ways are, so you need to read His Word. You need to get out your Bible, and you need to read it. And not just on a Sunday when the preacher puts it on the screen. It needs to be something that you do daily, something that you make a priority in your life. I'm going to get out my Bible. I'm going to read it. I've got a plan To work my way through a section, a part of it. And there's loads of different ways you can do it. Last year I read the Bible in a year. That's one way. This year I'm just reading one book really slow. I'm in the Gospel of Mark and I've only just finished chapter (laughs) 9. It's taken me a while, but it's brilliant. Getting right into it, reading it, trying to understand what God's called. You need to get into God's Word. Ask people in your life group if you don't know. Come and ask us, from the leaders, and say we'll help you. We'll We'll guide you. We'll give you resources. We'll teach you what it means to read God's Word. And then we respond to that in prayer. So we need to be a praying people as well. We read it. We find out what it is God's saying about us. And then we respond in prayer. We thank God for him. We ask him for things. We ask him to move in situations. But that is our lifestyle. That's our bread and butter. If we're going to walk in his ways, we need to know his Word and we need to pray. Jesus is our ultimate example of that. God the Son himself came to earth, and he knew his Bible, and he prayed. And that's where we start. If we're going to walk in his way, that's how you do it. And the Bible will tell you a bunch of things. It'll tell you a bunch of things to stop doing. Don't do that. There are some of those in there. But it'll tell you lots of things to do, to believe, to work through. The Freedom in Christ course is about taking what the Word of God says and believing it, and being proactive and moving forward in it. And it says lots of other things as well about how we should treat people, and how we should treat our spouses and our children and the church and all those things. But we read God's word. What about other big areas of life? If you're going to walk in with God's ways in the area of sex, what does that mean? That means you don't have it until you are married to someone. And then you only have it with them, your marriage partner. No one else. Some of you are playing with that and you need to stop now. Because if you read Proverbs, there is no blessing that comes from that whatsoever. In fact, Proverbs is so clear. (laughs) Only pain and suffering come from that. Because that's not how God designed it. What about in marriage and relationships and friendships? There are ways to treat people. Ways to act towards them. If we're going to walk in His ways, we are quick to forgive. We're quick to listen, to understand. We love and serve one another. That's how we treat them. We treat people with honor and respect regardless of their age or background, and we talk about them well. With children, we see them as a great blessing, and we invest in them, and we love them, and we love having them around. We love the noise and the mess and the vibrancy they bring with them, and we honor them as part of our family. What about church, which is our spiritual home? The Bible's got stuff to say about that. We should be part of a local church, a local congregation. Most of you, it's here. Brilliant. You made the best choice ever. Some of you... There'll be other churches in other places, and that's great. But you need to be part of a local church, a local congregation. You need to be committed there. You need to be turning up. You need to be part of the, the community that's going on there. You need to be known in that area. Why would you be anywhere else on a Sunday morning? This is where you should be, worshipping with God's people, hearing God's word, meeting God's people. And then throughout the week, we build relationships in our small groups. We have life groups here where we do life together. If you're not connected to one, get in one. Because there's so much in the bible where it talks about doing something to one another or each other it talks about loving one another and praying for one another and serving one another you can't do that unless you're in relationship with other people you're part of a church family think, well, if, I, if i don't know them i can't love them and serve them and pray for them i need to be in that relational context in the church we come and we serve we give our gifts and we time we just heard from aaron it turns his gifts and his time in running our av team doing a fantastic job of that. We serve one another and we do it formally through kind of having on a rota and a team but we also do it informally just finding opportunities to serve one another, walking his way. We give of our time, we give of our money, one of the big idols of our age. We give well financially, we are generous and we particularly in this part of the country, in this town, we are probably in the top 1% of the planet when it comes to our physical material resources. And God put, means there's a responsibility for us to be, be generous with what we give and how we do that and how we honor people. What about our work? Whatever you do for that work. We said there's all these different things. about the Bible says we, we, we go with that as if we're serving God, as if we're, we're personally serving Jesus in that area. Next time you going to work, tomorrow morning, whatever it is, think about that. Your boss is Jesus, and he's the one asking you to do whatever it is you're doing. He's the one calling you to serve in that particular era, area and you do it all for the glory of God. You do it. He's the one you're ultimately working no matter what your colleagues are like. In your work environments, whatever the culture is, backbiting, gossip, cheating, stealing, anything like that, we resist that because that's not the way God has asked us to work in that place to be. We honor our bosses. We honor those who are in authority over us. We seek to do an honest day work and not scrimp out on that. We seem to do it well we're honest with clients and, and and people we're serving and customers, all for his glory. And what about society as a whole? How do we walk in his way? Well, we seek to be a positive influence. Wherever we go, whatever we're doing with our neighbors, with our social network groups, people we meet, we, seem to be, we seek to be a positive influence in all those places. That's how we walk in his ways. We seek to bring good. We seek to bring encouragement. We seek to bring blessing to those places. And as a result, it says that everyone prospers and we all get better. Blessed is the man or woman who fears the Lord and walks in his way. That is something for all of us here today. That is what we do. To live a happy and successful and filled life, we honor God first and foremost. And we know that life sometimes is very difficult and hardships comes along and troubles. But even in those, we seek to honor God first and foremost. Because even in those, we sang about in the midst of the storm, we still praise him because that's the right and good thing to do. And ultimately, that is a blessing as well because we gain the peace of God and we we see his hand working through those difficult times and trials. And so what we're going to do is we're going to end now. I want to pray for you. But while we're doing that, I want you to just have a little think. I've just thrown a lot at you there at the end there. We've been called to walk in his ways. What has God convicted you about this morning? What has God kind of put his finger on? What's the Holy Spirit quietly nudging you about an area in your life? Something that you're doing that you need to stop? There's that kind of idea. Do I need to stop some stuff? Maybe it's something you thought about. There's something I'm not doing that I need to start doing because there's two ways of looking at that. There's things we need to stop doing, but there's things we definitely need to start doing. What is it for you? Do you know what that is? Why don't you just make a note of it now? The best thing I'd encourage you is write it down. Make a note on your phone, write it in your journal, whatever it is, so it doesn't get lost. This is one thing God has told me, you know, has nudged me on. Then it's like, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to, what are you going to do with that? And I'm just going to pray now and lead us in a time of repentance. So can you guys stand up? Can the band come back? And We're going to worship Jesus, see what else he's got to say to us this morning. Maybe you just want to close your eyes. Open out your hands. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Lord God, we want to thank you that you've so plainly given us the key to life. <laughs> Thank you that you've revealed yourself in Jesus and told us very clearly to follow him. This is my beloved son, you said. Listen to him. Follow his ways, Lord God. And we, we stand in before you knowing that we have get this right and we get this wrong, Lord, and we pray, God, for your forgiveness on us when we get things wrong. If you know there's something you need to turn away from, repent of, do that now. If there's things you know you need to start doing, make that commitment now. This is what I need to do, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you're a good God, a good Father, that you love us. You want good things for us. You want us to live this life well. You're not trying to chip us up. You're trying to cheer us on. Thank you for your word that clearly speaks into it and says, live like this and things will be better for you. Good relationships, good friendships, deal with money well, deal with sex well, deal with work well. Deal with God well, and things are better in your life. Lord Jesus, we love you. We praise you. And God's people said, Amen.